If you are just getting started with the NGSS and 3D teaching, I want to invite you to check out Bring Wonder Back, an on-demand video series designed to help you understand why moving through the textbook and teaching topics is actually crushing your students' curiosity and what you can do instead. It's going to help you shift the work of learning where it belongs by building your understanding of explorations and discovery-based teaching practices. And finally, I'm going to help you take the first steps toward transforming your students into scientists through 3D learning, which is really what the NGS is all about. You can access this video series at iExploreScience/wonder and get ready to bring wonder engagement and a love for learning back to your science class. All right, to the show. Welcome to the Teaching Science in 3D podcast. My name is Nicole Van Tassel. And I'm Erin Sadler. And we are two science teachers dedicated to helping you cut through the confusion and meet the intent of the NGSS so you can master all three dimensions. The NGSS can seem totally overwhelming, but implementing these standards doesn't need to be. So first off, today is a solo episode. You are all mine for the next how many ever minutes. With that in mind, thank you so much for tuning in. And we're going to dive right into today's topic, which is some ways that you can start using the NGSS today. So there's three ways that you can start making changes to meet the intent of the NGSS when you are planning and when you are delivering your instruction. The first way is to quit the chapter by chapter approach and use unit storylines. The second way is to use an explore before explain approach when you are actually um, delivering your instruction. And then the third way is to trim your content and focus on the really big ideas and the specific concepts that are included in the evidence statements instead of trying to focus on all of the facts and figures and details that you've done in the past. We aren't going to get into the three dimensions in this podcast today because the three dimensions are definitely a, an, an integral part of the NGSS. It's literally the difference between these, the NGSS and old, older standards. But when you start talking about the three dimensions and throwing in science and engineering practices and cross-cutting concepts and DCIs and all of this language, you lose the real purpose of the NGSS, which is to help students develop this conceptual understanding of the big ideas of science, to be engaged and excited to learn science, and to understand what science is by actually doing science. So we're not going to be talking about all the dimensions or throwing out all that jargon today. We're going to just talk about what the, about some small steps that you can make and some small changes you can make today to actually begin aligning your instruction to the NGSS without worrying about all those, you know, vocabulary terms. Okay, so let's get started first with quitting the chapter by chapter approach and using a unit storyline. So first of all, in the past when we have, when we've taught science, we've typically worked through a textbook. Even if you didn't use a textbook, you probably still use this, this topic by topic or chapter, chapter by chapter approach. Students learn one concept, they move to the next concept, they move to the next concept, and then at the end of the unit, they're tested on all of the concepts that they, they studied in these different lessons. 
Well, an NGSS storyline isn't like that. A storyline is a logical sequence of lessons, so you're still following a sequence of lessons, but they are tied to a big phenomenon, and the way that the, the lessons progress are driven by student investigations. So there's clear links between each lesson and each lesson begins with a, a new phenomenon or an investigation that helps students understand all of the big ideas. So it basically starts with, first you're gonna bundle your standards. This alone can be a big shift in moving away from that chapter by chapter approach because you have to think about how all of these concepts relate. For example, if you have a cells unit, instead of approaching the cell lesson by lesson, cell theory, um, cell organelles, plant cell versus animal cell, um, so on and so forth, uh, you are going to think about how those concepts tie in with other standards, like maybe related to photosynthesis and what how the plant structures support photosynthesis or maybe body systems and looking at how the cell forms the basis of everything, you know, in your body. So by, first of all, bundling your standards, you have to think about those connections and you're going to move away from this chapter by chapter approach. The second thing that you can do when you're creating your storyline is to choose a phenomenon and this is going to be your anchoring phenomenon. We have an episode about anchoring phenomenon um, that will be coming out later. But you can find some resources, and I will link to these in the show notes. Um, there's a couple blog posts we have at iExplorescience.com that are about choosing your anchor, using your anchor, qualities of a good anchor versus a not-so-good anchor. So we will definitely implement all of or um, link all of those articles so that you can get a better idea of what we mean by choosing a phenomenon. But short story, um, the a phenomenon is a specific event or process. It happens at a specific moment, at a specific time. It's not the water cycle. It's water evaporating on a hot sunny day from a puddle. So it's a very specific event or process. And your anger phenomenon is going to tie all of your big, all of your standards together. So it's it might be a complicated phenomenon. It's something that students need to learn a bunch of different things about to explain how or why that happens. So when you're quitting the chapter by chapter approach and you're embracing a storyline approach, you're gonna start by bundling your standards and then choosing a phenomenon that links those standards. And again, you can find some information and resources on anchoring phenomenon at iExplorescience.com, which is gonna be linked in the show notes. Um, and you can also find a storylining guide, which will walk you through the full process of storylining your NGSS units. Um, and that will also be linked in the show notes. But the first step, two steps are bundling your standards, choosing your phenomenon, and then really outlining how each of those um, standards connect to the phenomenon, breaking down your objectives, so on and so forth. Now this podcast today isn't about um, creating your storyline, so I'm just going to leave it at that and refer you to the storyline guide because it is a very in-depth process. Uh, but one of the biggest things you can do to help students really understand the NGSS and begin creating your NGSS-aligned units is to ditch that chapter-by-chapter approach of isolated lessons and think big picture of your unit and how students are going to work their way 
to understanding a really big idea through each of your lessons. So each lesson is like a um, breadcrumb, like Hansel and Gretel's breadcrumbs, leading students to that big idea. It's going to link your lessons. It's going to link your activities. It's going to help students develop a much clearer and, again, bigger picture understanding of science. And it's going to make your lessons and your units and your curriculum way um, way more NGSS aligned or, or embrace that NGSS approach. Now, the second way you can start making changes to meet the intent of the NGSS is, and this is probably the most important, is to actually change how you're teaching. And aside from all the instructional models you can use, like should I use project-based learning? Should I use problem-based learning? Should I use the 5e model? And I would say yes to the 5e model because I love it. But no matter what model you choose, the, the point and the purpose of it is to use an explore before explain approach. So explore before explain basically means that students are exploring a concept through experiences that you have cultivated before you explain anything that's happening, before you explain any concepts that they that you want them to know, before you tell them anything or teach them anything. And the goal is that through their exploration, they will discover those concepts themselves. And I know you might be skeptical, but students can do it. Um, so how do you go about doing that? Well, first of all, you need to identify what you want your students to walk away knowing. So you have to have the end goal in mind. The next thing you're going to do is think about what science and engineering practice, and this is really what makes it that NGSS approach, what science and engineering practice could students engage in that would help them discover that concept? So maybe you um, have students interact with some data or conduct an investigation and collect some data or maybe they can build a model that helps them figure out what's happening. The goal is that through the activity again that you have structured that you have facilitated for them they are going to discover the concept. A very simple activity I did very early on in my career. I didn't even realize so much this was an explore before explain because I didn't really know what that meant at the time. But my goal was to have students understand the connection between the mass of an object and the kinetic energy that that object would have when it was like rolling. Um, and the um, and the height. So the whole relationship between potential energy, kinetic energy, um, mass, and height. So Instead of telling students about the connection, I decided that we were going to do a fun little lab and we got some different like train pieces and ramps and things like that. We had a bunch of different marbles and students literally just messed with building different sized ramps. It was kind of a challenge. Who could make their ball knock over and push a little um, like paper block the farthest? That was how we measured the amount of energy wasn't crazy scientific. Uh, I was literally just measuring how far they could knock the little piece of uh, paper block. But it was a way to quantify whose marble had the most energy um, moving down their ramp. So students did, designed their ramps, chose whatever marble they wanted. We tested them all. We looked at whose design knocked the paper box the farthest. And then students went back and we looked at those designs. What did they have in common? And that was when students started to see connections between, well, they used the bigger marble. 
um, the heavier the marble, the marble with more mass. They used the, they had higher ramps. Um, they had longer ramps, higher ramps, taller. Um, and so they could start making those connections themselves. That would be the explore part. And the science and engineering practice that students were demonstrating was planning and carrying out an investigation to an extent, and then analyzing and interpreting data. In the follow-up, I guided them to understanding through questioning. So I asked them, what do you notice about the one, the ramps that had knocked the box the farthest, that whose marble had the most kinetic energy? What do you notice about the marbles that had the most kinetic energy? Um, so guiding them to understanding through questioning is the first part of that explain phase. So moving them from explore to explain. And then you can follow up with your normal activities like um, your textbook questions or your lectures or your videos or whatever you do to communicate information to your students. The point though is that they explored and they came to see the connection between mass and height and kinetic energy before I told them that connection. They discovered the concept themselves and then through conversations with me and other students, we clarified that concept, made sure we all understood it, and then we followed up with, you know, the typical kind of teaching things, the, okay, let's make sure we're all on the same page and let's maybe add some detail and let's explain why that relationship exists or so on and so forth. But you're using an explore before explain approach. Students are discovering the content through a science and engineering practice. And again, very quick way to implement that is to identify what you want students to walk away knowing Think about what science and engineering practice is going to help illustrate that concept to them most clearly, and then plan out some questions that you can ask students to guide them through the activity and help them make meaning or make sense of what they experience and what they observe. That is probably the best thing you can do to um, align your instruction to the NGSS and the intent of the NGSS. Lastly, the one thing that we all should be thinking about and doing when we are implementing our NGSS curriculum is to look at your content and recognize that we are going to have to trim it. So this can be a challenge if you are in a state that is still using standards that are not aligned to the NGSS and that still give you 300 vocabulary words for every unit or um, a ridiculous amount of facts and, and content knowledge. But if you are in a state that is truly embracing the standards or you are in a situation, a school that allows you to truly embrace the standards, then you are going to want to trim your content to only include what you need to. And the reason that we do that, it's not because we don't want our students to be exposed to this information or this content or these facts, but it takes time to use an explore before explain approach or a discovery centered approach. It takes time to allow students to discover the content. And if you have to get through 5 billion facts, you're just not going to have time to cover it all. So the best thing you can do is to trim your content and allow students to go deeper into the actually into actually understanding and being able to use information. And instead of just trying to cram a bunch of facts surface level. So when you're looking at your content, how do you make decisions about what you should keep or what you shouldn't keep? Well, the evidence statements are the first place that you should go. So you would 
honestly just type into Google MSPS 1-1 evidence statement. And then you're going to pull up your evidence statement and you're going to look at what is actually meant by that standard. So it will break down all of the connections it wants students to make. It will give you some examples of the types of atoms or molecules that students might be modeling here. Whatever, whatever content is most important is outlined in the evidence statements and that is what you want to focus on. You're going to build your assessment from the necessary content. You're going to build your activities to make sure that students are exposed to and are interacting with that content. And then you might have extra information that students may use, or you might have extra information as an extension that maybe you get to, and that's great too. But in terms of what you focus your activities on and what you focus your assessment on, you're going to limit it to what's in that evidence statement. An example of this is in the life sciences and the standard that relates to cells and organelles, um, LS, MSLS 1-2. In the past, we've taught cells and organelles and we've just listed every single organelle and students have to memorize every single one and they have to build a model that identifies all of them and identifies all of their functions. In NGSS world, you're not going to do that. You are going to focus student understanding of the cell on a specific phenomenon, like maybe um, the cell membrane and its role in moving materials in and out of of the um, of the cell. So maybe you're looking at like an onion cell or something like that and, and how it reacts to salt water. Or maybe you are focusing on photosynthesis and why plants are able to carry out photosynthesis. You are only going to teach the organelles that are relevant to that phenomenon. So students are only through activities going to discover the functions of these particular organelles um, their role in that phenomenon, so on and so forth. They're not going to be expected to know and memorize all of the organelles because they're not all relevant to why a plant is able to produce its own food. All of the extra is just extra. Students can Google it. They can look it up in a second. But a student that can explain to you how the, the structure of the plant cell allows the plant to carry out photosynthesis and explain, not just carry out photosynthesis, but explain a particular phenomenon like why the grass died underneath the pool the other day. When they can actually apply that understanding, apply what they know about cells to explain something they have observed, a phenomenon they have observed, that's showing you that they actually truly understand. They're not just memorizing, they're not just spinning back, they actually understand. And that's the whole point of the NGSS. So that's why trimming your content is actually adding depth to your class. It's, again, not about keeping information from students, but it's just on focusing student attention on what really matters and what they need to know to solve a puzzle or a problem or explain a phenomenon. And, and, and that's just what the NGSS is about. You are helping students go deeper. Yes, you're sacrificing some breadth, some details, Again, that's what Google's for. But you're helping students go deeper and actually truly understand and truly apply what they are learning. So those are a few quick ways to start making changes in your classroom today to meet the intent of the NGSS. It's not requiring you to completely revamp your curriculum. It's not requiring you to 
um, throw out every single activity you've ever used, but it is going to require you to start thinking big picture storylines. So the next time you're designing a unit, you're thinking about how each of these um, concepts and standards flow together, like Hansel and Gretel's breadcrumbs leading students to the big idea. You are using an explore before explain approach, identifying what students need to walk away knowing, figuring out what science and engineering practice is going to get them there, and then guiding them through to that understanding before you do any teaching yourself. And you're focusing on what really matters. You're ditching all the extraneous facts that we don't really need to know because we have Google. And you're focusing on what's important to the phenomena that you're studying. And you are focusing on students applying their knowledge using those science and engineering practices to explain how or why something occurs versus just spitting back some facts. Again, check out the show notes for some links on how you can storyline your next NGSS Align unit on what anchoring phenomena are, how we use them, and some tips for finding a good phenomenon. Um, Erin Sadler has a post about five things you can do to start implementing the NGSS herself. We will definitely link to that. So definitely check out those links. Please leave a review if you're finding our podcast useful. We're working really hard to provide you with some quality um, NGSS professional development, and we appreciate all of your feedback and your reviews. And if you have any questions um, about today's episode, please reach out. You can contact um, Aaron or I, Sadler Science or I Explore Science, either directly on Facebook, via email, through our website, or by joining the NGSS for Middle and High School Science Teachers Facebook group and posting your question right in there. Thanks so much for tuning in, guys. Have a great one. Making sure that your lessons are three-dimensional isn't always easy. While you don't need to include all three dimensions every single day, you do want to make sure that each dimension is regularly addressed. I developed a really simple 3D planner to help keep me focused. It helps me track which pieces I'm using in my daily lesson plans. It only takes me five minutes to fill out, and it helps me notice patterns in my own lesson planning. For example, when I first started using it, I noticed I wasn't including the cross-cutting concepts as often as I thought I was. Just by recognizing this, I was able to focus on this one piece and improve my lessons. Right now, you can grab the same template that I use for my own planning for free. Go to sadlerscience.com slash 3D planner to grab yours. That's sadlerscience.com slash 3D planner.